Welcome back, high school hockey fans. It's another edition of This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey. Our full panel is here tonight as we uh, get set for the state tournament. And uh, this season's went by pretty fast. And the state tournament's here this week, and there's met, there's uh, teams that are pretty excited to be here and going to crown some champions. But first, we went through some sec- sectional finals. And Del Scanlon, you, uh, you got to go out and get to see some of those. Yeah, uh, on Friday evening, my first game I saw was uh, the girls' sectional two championship game uh, between Onalaska and the number three seed and the number four seed Western Wisconsin Stars, and it, it was a very good game, which was what we expected out of it. Onalaska uh, ended up winning the game three to one. Uh, their first goal was one that was basically the coach's dream. Uh, pass from the top of one face-off circle to the other face-off circle and then back across to the back door, which got, you know, tipped right into the net for one to nothing game. And their other two game goals uh, were unassisted goals. And they went up two to nothing. Uh, Mackenzie Weeks cut it to two to one. And then uh, Onalaska was able to put it away with an empty net goal uh, late in the third period to win that one, three to one. And then after that game ended, I had a little bit of downtime at the rink, uh, worked on the article. And then we had Hudson and Superior. And that was an interesting game to see. Uh, Hudson, the first period just dominated on the ice. And I don't, I believe it was one nothing after at the end of the first period. And they ended up scoring, being up three to nothing at the end of two, but that was with two goals waved off by the referee. Uh, and why they were waved off, I'm not sure. Uh, Davis Drewiski did get a explanation from the referees, and he kind of smiled and went back to the top of his bench to watch the game from there. I didn't get a chance to ask him what was said. I wasn't going to ask him between periods. I figured that, you know, I, I don't like to talk to the coaches that much between periods. They've got enough on their mind at that point in time, what's going and, on. And you don't look like Aaron Andrews. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, so uh, they ended up winning that game. Uh, and I believe the final was five to two in that. Uh, not, I saw an interesting thing with one of the players, uh, getting his position in front of the net and dropped down to his butt, trying to break the defenseman's stick that was there behind him. And it was actually a play I hadn't seen before. And I'm like, okay. And, but it overall was a very good game five to two. And it's the first time I got to see Hudson live this year. And I can see where they earned their number one ranking all season long. And with that, I think I'm going to pass it over to uh, William for his game uh, that he went to. Yeah, Friday I stayed home, uh, made the nine-minute drive from my house to Greenheck Field House here in Weston um, to check out the Hayward Hurricanes against the Central Wisconsin Storm, uh, which is what we predicted that sectional final was going to end up being. 
Um, Hayward really dominated the first three or so minutes of that game. The Storm's first shot was one of their best scoring chances of the game, actually. I don't remember exactly what happened, but like Hayward kicked the puck out in front of their net to a Storm player who had no business having the puck in that position, but she buried it in uh, Greta Wilbert's uh, belly. Um, you know how much uh, players just like trying to score through that logo. Um, and, you know, the, the, the Hurricanes dominated the first several minutes and then the teams traded penalties and Hayward never really recovered from their penalty kill in the first period. And it was all storm for the second half of the period. Uh, the storm finally managed to crack Wilbur uh, about five minutes into the second period. Um, Ava Rohde, uh held in a Hayward clearing attempt, uh, passed it across the blue line to Maddie Dupuy, uh, fired it on net, and it was tipped uh, up and in by Logan Crawford for a one nothing lead. Uh, minute 53 into the third, they got their second goal. Uh, again, Rody was involved. This time, uh, she fired a shot from the point. Uh, Tristan Wickland tipped it. And Wolber made a nice stop and tip uh, uh, on the tip, uh, but it kicked right out to Gabby Hauser, who was all alone on the back door, and she just knocked it in to give the Storm a 2-0 lead. And uh, from there, the Hurricanes dominated the rest of the third period. Uh, the Storm were pinned in their, their end the whole time. Uh, but Hayward just was not capitalizing on their opportunities. Uh, they had back-to-back two-on-ones. The first one, the shot sailed wide of the net and then wrapped all the way around uh, the zone like you see far too often. Um, and the second one, they didn't even get the shot off on goal. They made one too many passes, and the defenseman was able to break it up. And they followed those two-on-ones with a breakaway, uh, but Chloe Lemke was up to the task and stuffed that. Um, they pulled the goalie, and they ended up scoring with 101 left in the game. Uh, their first goal against the storm in more than six periods worth of ice time. Um, uh, Michaela Ranke came into the zone. She drove down into the corner and then passed it back up the boards to Hadley Owen, who fired one of those shot passes um, where it's just a really, really hard pass, but it's close enough towards the net that people think it's a shot um, across ice to uh, Reese Sheehan, uh, who uh, deflected it up and in. Uh, to cut it to two to one, but um, for the ensuing faceoff, Wolver came back out. They didn't want to go empty net for the center ice faceoff, and uh, the Canes weren't able to get her back off the ice until 15 seconds left. And by then, they didn't have enough time uh, to tie the game. So the Storm take a, a two-one win in what was probably a harder-fought battle than they thought they were going to have. Then we'll move on to Burglar, who was in Amory on Friday night. I was. Um, grandson Brett went with me. We went to Amory on Friday night and then over to Somerset on Saturday. And we had ourselves a real fun weekend. Uh, both games were, were outstanding. Uh, the first game, Rice Lake, as uh, a number one seed at Amory. Uh, so Rice Lake was, was the home team uh, on the scoreboard and wearing the white jerseys, even though, you know, it was Amory's home ice. Uh, but Rice Lake just dumped out to a fast start. Adam Tim scored the first goal, and then it was the, the Cole Fenske show. Um, and uh, Cole Fenske is good at hockey. Um, he's got he, – he, he has a shot. What, what uh, his coach, Josh Engel, said he's probably got the best shot in the state. It's, it's one of those, uh, you know, very quick release and just hard, accurate shots. Uh, he scored the next three goals, and uh, Rice Lake was up uh, four to nothing after the first period. 
Um, Amory didn't even get a shot on goal until about five minutes left in the period. They, when they got a power play and put four shots on then. Um, but uh, Amory regrouped um, like, well, the, the place was packed. It was loud. It was rock. It was, it was, it was, it was a rocking joint. I tell you. Um, and uh, coach Tim Hemingscar, you know, he thinks maybe his players were a little bit, you know, a little overamped or something in that first period. Uh, but he said the leadership in their room uh, was outstanding and they managed to, you know, calm themselves down physically and mentally and get back into their game. Um, and they did, uh, they scored in the early in the, the second period. And then kind of a key point in the game, Rice Lake had a, had a five, there were two penalties called within eight seconds. So on Amory, so Rice Lake had a five on three uh, power play and Amory killed that off and then scored uh, shortly after that to make it four to two and really, you know, get themselves back into the game. Um, but Rice Lake uh, kind of took control in the third period and, and there was no more scoring after that. Um, but it was just a, just, just an, an exciting game. And, and one more comment I got from, from coach Hemmings guard was, well, yeah, first period four to nothing, second period four to two. So after the second period, I couldn't decide if I was more happy about our play in the second or more frustrated with how we played in the first, just opposite ends of the spectrum. So um, it ended up four to two. Uh, Rice Lake returns to Madison. They're all pumped up for that. Uh, Amory finishes uh, with a good season at a, a real good group of, of, of seniors on their team. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it, it was a good game. I, I, I enjoyed it thoroughly uh, from my little rickety uh, scaffolding that was set up for uh, myself and the guy doing the radio for, for Rice Lake. And then um, for the games we weren't at on Friday, uh, Madison Edgewood beat Wanaki five to one JJ Wiebush uh, player of the year finalist, uh, Joe Pavelski award finalist uh, had a natural hat trick in the first period. Uh, Cody Menzel, who is also each of those things uh, had a goal in the second to get them up four to one. Uh, Jack Waitanen got them uh, Wanaki uh, a goal back in the third, but Cody Menzel added an empty netter at the end to make that one five to one. Uh, we were not at that one. The other one we were not at on Friday was up in Northland Pines, uh, Mosini taking on Lakeland. Got an email after the second period from Northland Pines head coach David Cox, who said it was one to one, and each team owned a period. Uh, Lakeland owned the first period, out shooting Mosini 10 to 5. Mosini owned the second period, out shooting Lakeland 13 to 5. Third period was kind of even, but it was Lakeland who got the goals. Uh, Teague Wagner, um, 52 seconds into the third period, picked up a goal, and then they added an empty netter at the end. So they took that one uh, 3 to 1 uh, over Mosini to go back to the, the state tournament for back to back years for Lakeland. Then moving on to Saturday, and I didn't have any games on Saturday because I was at a mini mite jamboree. Oh, <laughs> how'd uh -huh. that go? It was great. <laughs> I woke up Saturday morning, uh, planning on doing some running around uh, to get some stuff for the house, and decided, well, I better double check the game time for up in Fond du Lac, thinking it was a four o'clock in the afternoon game, and lo and behold, I found out on some site called Wisconsin Prep Hockey that it was actually at one o'clock in the afternoon, not four o'clock. 
So cut my short, my running around, and made a trip over to Fond du Lac to catch the Ledgers against the Panthers in their second meeting of the season. Uh, the first time they met was at Oregon, and the Ledgers won that game 3-2. to two. Well, I expected to have a close game, but lo and behold, the Ledgers had something else in mind and jumped out to a 5-1 to one lead at the end of the first period. And that was uh, Dane Dionovich's period. He scored four goals in that first period uh, in, in route to that lead. Uh, game continued on. Uh, the next period, two periods were a little bit closer, but the final score was 10-4. And between Dionovich and Talon Blank, they accounted for 13 points within that game and stuff. But the let the ledgers making their is this their third straight appearance going to the state tournament? I believe so. They might have had I know they had a D one appearance, but I don't think it was consecutive with their two uh, D two appearances. This is only the third year of two divisions, and then first two years they won the state tournament. They did have a D one appearance recently, but I'm not sure it was consecutive with those other ones. I think that D one year i think that's when uh kids like brady welsh were like freshmen and and so while i was in the stands taking my photos and watching the game i talked to a couple of the assistants from the ledgers and said well i think the team was still worried about me uh getting a speeding ticket knowing i had to make it to sun prairie and so they were just trying to ensure that i was able to drive at a leisurely pace down to Sun Prairie for the Metro Lynx to take on the Barocca Blackhawks in the girls sectional three final. And that was a game that the Metro Lynx ended up winning seven to two, but the game was a little bit closer than what the final score actually resembles. I mean, the Lynx jumped out to, kind of like Rice Lake jumped out to a four to nothing first period uh, lead. And that actually just proved too much for the Blackhawks to be able to come back from. They evened up both teams scoring two goals in the second period, and the Lynx went on to score another one in the third. Had opportunities probably to uh, score in the third period uh, on the power play and everything, but they were content to kind of move the puck back out, move the puck around, and eat up the time more so than going after the goals in that game. And so I believe this is only the Metro Lynx's second uh, time making it to the state tournament. And Yeah, if you look at the brackets of years past, they have lost a lot of sectional finals to Onalaska and Cap City and Rock County. So that actually filled the last bracket for the girls' side to – um, as to who's going to the state tournament this year. And so I'll let that, I'll let Burglar talk about his Saturday game. Yeah, and before I do that, uh, Fond du Lac Springs was 2018. Uh, and they were the uh, sacrificial lamb uh, for Hudson in the first round. Hudson beat them seven to one. Uh, I think Hudson went on to win that state tournament in 2018. It's amazing what you can find out at that Wisconsin prep hockey site. Um, but yeah, after uh, 
after Friday night's game, we, we had a four o'clock game in Somerset. I don't believe uh, I've ever been to that rink before. Um, it's a nice rink. They had a, they had a scissors lift in there that had been in there for something else. They decided to put that alongside uh, net right close by the, the coach's bench um, and, and let us take pictures from that. So we're right up above the glass uh, and, you know, safe enough that we could duck, you know, if any pucks were coming our way, but not, nothing did. Um, but that also, again, the, the, the place was packed, uh, big student sections from both sides, uh, you know, the bleachers full of people all around the ends. Uh, again, just, just a great atmosphere. And, and Somerset came out and looked like Somerset had the better of the action um, in, in the first period, except till late, to, actually late in the first, but less than three minutes left. Um, Baldwin-Woodville uh, came down on a, on a two-on-one. Uh, Blake Locken and, and Sam Sakura and Locken timed his pass perfectly that Sakura was able to, to, to shoot the puck back uh, against the grain on the goaltender um, and, and put them up one to nothing. And that was, uh, according to Baldwin Woodville coach, uh, Lucas Trickley said that, that, that was, that goal was huge to settle their bench down. And it was a bit of a hard one to take, you know, to get scored on that late in the first period um, for, for Somerset. Um, but they came back out uh, second period, uh, Baldwin Woodville scored again in that period, but then Somerset was able to score about 10 minutes into the period and, you know, cut the lead in half and it looked like they were getting, again, they were having the better of the action, but they were behind two to one at the time. And in the last three minutes, uh, Baldwin Woodville scored three goals, um, just like 45 seconds, just like boom, 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 three goals. Um, and they're, you know, all of a sudden it's five to one and, you know, going into the, the locker room trailing five to one, but um, Dan Gilkerson, the, the, the Somerset coach um, got his team settled down, you know, told them if they can just, if they can get within two goals, you know, they can get, they can get within two goals. They can pull their goalie and still have a chance at the end. And, and they did. Um, they scored twice. They, they pulled their goalie. They had, they had all kinds of action in front of the Baldwin Woodville net. In fact, the, at one point, you know, the goalie was off on one side, the puck was off on the other side, and a defenseman panicked and dropped down on the puck, covering it in the crease, which leads to a penalty shot. So it was playing out just like they wanted. They were, it was five to three. They had a penalty shot with a minute and a half left. Um, but Dominic Height, uh, the, the Baldwin Woodville goalie, he denied the penalty shot, um, and momentum swung back to. Uh, Baldwin Woodville and they were a hang on. Um, and this is their, this will be their first trip to state. Um, they joined the WIAA in the late nineties and they are, uh, coach trickle said, we're excited to have the opportunity to represent our communities, our schools and the black Hawk hockey association. So happy for this group because they lived through some tremendous heartbreak and they have worked so hard for each and every one of them in the room and they really, really deserve it. So um, Baldwin Woodville making their first trip to state. Um, I think they're ready for it. Should be a good one. And then the last game on Saturday that uh, none of us were at was uh, University School in Brookfield, the two seed and the four seed in Division One, Section 4. Um, I watched this game online 
in a in a format that should not have been available, uh, but it was. Uh, I watched this one online, and to be perfectly honest, Brookfield dominated this game. Uh, they did everything except score more goals than University School. They outshot them more than two to one. Um, the the score sheet on our website is missing the overtime shooting, um, but the last I checked, the shots were fifty three to twenty five in Brookfield's favor. But um, give University School credit, they they came back. Brookfield had a three to one lead in the second period. University School scored uh, the next three goals to take a, a four to three lead, and then Brookfield tied it up with about. Uh, six minutes left in regulation. Then they went through the five on five overtime and uh, university school scored just one eleven into the, the four on four overtime to, to win it uh, five, four in overtime, but Brookfield, um, they did not, they didn't look like, like just watching this game uh, on the stream. They did not look like a, like a two seed or a four seed. I mean, they were, they were really, really strong. Um, I was really impressed with how well they played. They, like I said, they did everything except score more goals. Uh, university school, uh, they capitalized on the opportunities that were presented to them, uh, and they did a good job of it. I think um, their two goals in the third period by, by Jack McGregor were both odd man rushes. Um, they capitalized on those opportunities, and then I didn't get to see the one that happened in the second overtime. Uh, it was far past my kids' bedtime. I, I, was I see putting, it. I was finally putting them to bed. The uh guy came down kind of used the defenseman as a screen and went um glove side in the uh far corner is it, it was a pretty nice snipe and uh you know the celebration was on but you're right though for brookfield to hang around like that and uh play their best hockey university school only has four seniors this year this is a very very young team so this should be an interesting uh, run. They're they're uh, going to get a chance to make up at the state tournament with a very young squad. And unfortunately, Brookfield doesn't have grad year listed for their for their roster. They have two guys listed as twenty twenty two, which would mean they're graduating this year. And just those two. If those are the only two people they have graduating, they should be a nice team next year. That set the, the the last game of the day was the one that went to double overtime and that set the the tournament. Field set. Yep. Uh, they good. seeded the tournament. Uh, my guesses were not right. They were close, but they were not right. Uh, well, depending on which division. Uh, division one, Hudson is the one seed. They will face number four University School Division. Uh, the bottom half of that one is number two, Notre Dame against number three, Madison Edgewood. I had that the other way around. Uh, in Division two, Rice Lake takes on Lakeland, uh, and Springs takes on Baldwin-Woodville. Uh, I think I had that one correct. And then in the girls' bracket, uh, Fox Cities uh, takes on, on Alaska, and the Storm take on the Madison Metro Lynx as the two and three. I had that bracket correct as well, uh, despite Dell arguing with me. <laughs> Um, quick question. I know like at the end of our broadcast last week, we, uh, picked who we thought was going to win each sectional. Did you write that down? I would have to go back and listen to it. I did not write it down. Oh, okay. Uh, But I I I was right on all of them. (laughs) I'll go back and pull them out. Maybe if I remember. So should we start Uh, with, uh, division two? 
Yeah, let's go in the division they're playing them in. So Division Two, uh, Rice Lake and Lakeland. Lakeland did really well in the Great Northern Conference this year, but they didn't really travel that much um, outside the conference. Whereas like Rice Lake, obviously they didn't actually they didn't travel that much outside their conference either. But their conference is in my, you know, I don't think I'm going to offend anybody when I say the Big Rivers is quite a bit stronger than the Great Northern Conference. Uh, but, you know, well, if you look at their, their away, their away non-conference games, Lakeland went to Spash and they went to Pacelli. Uh, and, and that's really, and they went to KMMO. They beat KMMO two to one. They lost to Spash three to one and they uh, scored 11 goals on Pacelli. Are, are you going to look at the game that they actually against Rice Lake? No. Okay. You Burgle, can look at that one. Burgle, you saw both these teams in person, haven't you? Yes, I've seen Lakeland a couple of times and Rice Lake the one time. And I, yes, I was I, I just went to I went to Lakeland's schedule to see if they'd uh, played anybody, played against anybody that has um, like the 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 skill level of of Adam Tim and and Cole Fenske. Um, and I said, well, they, they did. They played Rice Lake earlier that actually has Adam Tim and, and Cole Fenster. <laughs> um, Rice Lake won that game four to one. Um, it was it was in Hayward. It must have been a tournament in Hay- Hayward tournament. Um, Rice Lake beat them. The shots were, were fairly close at 31 to 20. Um, they were really only one-sided in that second period. Yeah, right. Well, Rice Lake scored two of their four goals in that second period. Um, Sammy so yeah, I mean, Lakeland's a solid team. Um, balance, you know, no real superstars, but 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 a solid team. And um, I, I just, yeah, I I I think the the game down in in Madison is. I think it's be very similar to the game that that they had in Hayward. So now you guys are a little more familiar with the different size rinks that the uh, teams up there play on. Um, are they basically the same size as the one at the energy center or are they a little smaller rinks that they're on? Everybody up here plays other than DC Everest. I think everybody up here plays on a standard NHL sized rink. Well, I believe DC Everest and Northland Pines. Northland Pines is a little smaller than a standard NHL sized rink. Um, and I believe at the Alliant Energy Center they play on Olympic sized ice. Yeah, I think I think it's just slightly smaller. Olympic size is like 100 feet wide. This is like 95 or 96. It's it's they 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 couldn't quite get the full hundred in there, but it's close. Who's our other section two semifinal game? That would be Fond du Lac Springs against Baldwin Woodville. Mm. Well, Baldwin Woodville broke their curse that they've had the last couple of seasons. Made it past yep. that. Made it past that semifinal game, which they uh, were given a little bit of a scare in that one, though. They were, and like they, they, like I said last week, they had been the number one seed all three years of two divisions, and this was the first time they even made it to the sectional final. Um, but yeah, they got that. They got over that hump, twenty-three and one on the year. But I don't know. 
looking at their their schedule, I don't know that they've played anybody who has a line that stacks up to that first line of springs. They have uh, not. They have. They I look. I'm looking at their schedule. They've. They've. Yeah. I mean, they played Superior, who played in the the D1 Section One final. Um, but Superior is not a. They're not an offensive juggernaut. Um, so yeah, they, they, they haven't, they're going to, they're going to, they, they cannot afford to come out slow. Um, they can't afford to be nervous at all. Cause like every kid on Springs has already been to the state tournament twice. Um, so they, they Baldwinville cannot afford to come out slow or tentative at all. They have to be on their a game. The second the puck drops. Right. It, it, yeah. It, it, it's going to get, it's going to take them a couple of shifts to figure out, you know, how to keep up with that first line of, of Springs, um, you know, and their, their goaltender, uh, I think that was Dominic height. He's, he's going to have to be ready. Um, he's, he's going to be busy. Uh, the first half first five minutes, first half of the first period, he's going to be very busy. If he can hold, if he can hold tight, then while the rest of the, the group uh, gets up to speed with, with that line, um, then, then they, they'll, they should be okay. Cause they, they've got a solid defensive team. Uh, they can score some goals. Um, it's just, yeah, they've, they've, I don't think they're, it's hard to simulate um, blank, and Yanovich um, and Austin. Yeah, it, it's hard to simulate that in practice. Like I was watching the stream of the game Dell was at Fond du Lac Springs in Oregon, and I have never, and it happened both sides, but I have never seen that many breakaways in the sectional final. <laughs> it was breakaway after breakaway, and like Springs had the majority of them, but Oregon had some too. It was just breakaway after breakaway after breakaway. I'm like, this poor goalie. Like they're playing three on three. <laughs> I mean, if, I, I'm telling you, if 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 the Oregon goalie was at like 75% on breakaways, which is like Andre Vasilevsky at his best, they still would have given up like five or six goals in that game. Like it was just like breakaway after breakaway, and or at best, like two on one or three on one. It was just it was crazy. Um, but on the other end. Springs also gave Oregon several of them too. So when they're playing all out offense like that, you know, their defensemen kind of get up into it and you can get them turned around the other way. So I, yeah, I think Burglar's right. Baldwin Woodville just going to have to weather that first half of the first period. And if they can stay close through that, um, they can make a game of it, but there's no doubt they have not, they have not faced somebody this year like Springs. Move on to the girls. Oh. Girls semifinals. Del? Your first one in that is going to be Fox Cities against Onalaska. They did meet uh, in the opening game of the season on November 19th. Uh, Fox Cities won that game 7-3. to three. Uh, After that, the freshman for Onalaska ended up along the line through the season becoming their number one goalie. Uh, and in that game... Shots were fairly even. It was 32 to 31. Um, at one point going into the th third period, Onalaska had cut the sc score down to four to three. 
and then they gave up uh, three goals after that to end up losing that game seven to three. But you know, it, it's their their goaltending got stronger throughout the year, but you still got a lot of offensive firepower on that Fox City's team. Well, you have really two players of firepower on the Fox City's team. Michaela Zillish had 39 goals in the regular season. Great, Grace Rentmeister had 33. Um, Malia Streck had 12. Parker Beyer had six. Um, after Zillish and Rentmeister, like they don't have offense. You know, other than that sectional final against Bay Area, their other games, as Burglar pointed out, their last game against Bay Area was a one-to-one tie. Or the one he saw against Bay Area was a one-to-one tie that ended in a shootout. Um, and I don't know what happened in the sectional final if they just decided, all right, we're not playing defense. Everybody go all in. Um, it was seven to six. Yeah, I couldn't believe it that when I saw that score come across as seven to six. Um, for Onalaska, I mean, we've heard of uh, Kia Bronson over the past couple of years. But McKenna LaFleur, I really heard her name a lot during the Hudson game and the sectional semifinals. And then she ended up scoring uh, in the uh, sectional final game. And she ended up with two points out of that. But you really saw her a lot on the ice. She's number 11. And, uh, but, I mean, they've got uh, LaFleur. They've got... Uh, Kia Bronston and um, Tessa Deal, I saw quite a bit out there. They spread around, and I, I didn't look to see what their season totals were on goals. But, you know, you've got uh, Kia Bronson is one of our finalists for the Janelle Sergi Award. Uh, so, I mean, between the two teams, you've got, you've got skaters out there that can apply the pressure. And I think this is going to be a very good game. Yeah, Bronson has 31 goals. Uh, Jaden Hamas has 19. McKenna LaFleur has 24. Um, Anna Szymanski has 10. And, and Jaden's one of their defensemen. And so, but she, she does a very good job at uh, moving the puck up for, from that defensive zone and being able to skate and control that puck. I mean, this is going to be a game of I mean, just looking at the scoring, this is going to be a kind of a first line against first line type game, which we still see pretty often uh, in the girls game. Uh, Fox cities. They don't have a lot of blemishes on their schedule, but neither does on Alaska. They haven't on Alaska. Hasn't lost a game since December 14th. And I think burglary told us going into the playoffs, they were like on a 14 game winning streak at that point or something along that line somewhere and they came out of the section of death so and with that i guess we can move over to the next sectional semifinal uh central wisconsin storm against the metro links and this is actually another rematch uh they met in the culver's cup semifinal and that one the storm won two to one after uh the Lynx scored in the first period the storm scored in both the second and third to end up winning that game two to one. Uh, that was a, another one that is fairly even on shots, 38 for the Lynx. Uh, storm had 31. Uh, but, you know, th this is uh, Logan Crawford for the 
uh, Storm scored both their goals on in that game. And so, you know, this is going to be one that's going to be interesting to see. Uh, and if December's any inclination, it looks like it's going to be a nice tight one going down to the end. I've said this before. The Storm play really aggressively on the puck, but they're not an offensive juggernaut. But twice this season, they've allowed three goals in a game. Um, it's really, really hard to beat a team you can't score against. Uh, their three to two loss to the Warbirds in overtime, they allowed three goals, and then their four to three loss to the Fox City Stars. Um, those were the only two times this season that the Storm allowed three goals in a game. Now, we've heard that the, the Lynx are probably the deepest team in the state. They don't have your Zellish and your Rentmeester and your Bronston, but they have very good players and they have a lot of them and they're very deep. So um, it's just going to be up to their, to them to, to, to counter the storm's pressure and put more pressure on the net because uh, even if the storm are not an offensive juggernaut, when they're playing against the other top end teams, you don't have to be if, if nobody can score on you. I mean, if you can hold another, every other team you play to two goals or less, your odds are pretty damn good. Their win against the Metro Lynx was only two to one. Their win against Bay Area on December fourteenth was three to two. Um, so, you know, they, they played within one goal of the Fox City Stars, who are the number two team in the state all year. Um, so, like, they can they're they're used to those games. They're not going to get nervous uh, playing in a close game. And like you said, it's this is the Lynx' second trip to the state tournament for all the and years they, we've been they, talking they, about. That. The only yeah, the only. I mean, well, not the only problem. The, the downside of that, you know, is that you leave yourself no margin for error. That is, you know, true. yeah, they're only giving up two goals a game, but they're only scoring three. You know, so you, you know, you know, all it takes is a, you know, a couple of power plays or a couple of bad bounces, and you know, things happen. Um, yeah, and that uh, game in December, the Lynx scored thirty-eight seconds into that first period. And so, I mean, they scored quickly there, but you know, that, that's one of those ones where you, you know, goalies are still trying to get settled in, in that, in that opening part of the period and they, and the storm settled in uh, the fi final goal of that uh, game was actually scored only a minute 12 into the third period. So, I mean, there's still a lot of time that that puck was being moved around and both goalies were up to the task, you know, it just happened to be a two to one game. And, you know, how are they, how are people going to react once they get in down there at the energy center? Well, that, that's and since this is, that is the fourth game on Thursday, um, I believe by law it is required to go to overtime. <laughs> I believe the fourth game on Thursday, it, it has to go to overtime. It's a rule. Yeah, and then you getting scored on you know 38 seconds in i remember back when i was coaching i mean goalies are weird i never felt comfortable in a game until my goalie had made that first save because you you know you, you please be an easy shot from like the the blue line or the the top of the circle or something you know because you goalies are weird you know they they got to get settled in you got to you got to ease them into the game you know and like I know this doesn't happen 
and I know he's not a Frenchman, but whenever I hear somebody talking about Jacques Duvert, the storm coach, when they get scored on 38 seconds of, into the game, I just imagine him swearing in French on the bench because his <laughs> name is Jacques Duvert. He has to be swearing in French on the bench. That just like, that has to be the thing. Even if it's not out loud, right? <laughs> right. Um, so MJ, where are we going from here? Let's move on to the boys division one. On Friday, 10 a.m. in the morning, University School of Milwaukee taking on the Hudson Raiders. They played state champs just a couple weeks ago. February 5th. Um, yeah, February 5th. So it's not like an, easy, an early season game that's easy to throw away. It was a late season game. I think that's the week before sectional seedings. Um, that's the day before. Yeah. And uh, Hudson won that game 6-1. to one. University school took 11 shots. Um, very akin to the game we saw Hudson and Wausau West play. Uh, not quite as well. Offensively, University school didn't do much more than Wausau West. 11 shots, the same Wausau West got. They held Hudson a little better, I think, at six. But um, I mean, the, the, there's going to have to be a big change from University school and Hudson to, to turn that one around. Because six to one holding a team to 11 shots. Um, just a couple weeks ago, that's got to be in university school's head. Yeah. yeah I would what, think what, so. what can we do different? <laughs> I mean, at that point, you know, it's like when I ask when I asked David Cox, you know, at the, the great Northern conference tournament, um, you know, what was different between, you know, your game Medford and the regular season when you lost and the great Northern conference tournament game that you won. And he's just said, when you're four and 17, there's just too many things to list. And I think that's kind of where USM is at against Hudson right now. There's too many things they have to do differently to turn that game around from what it was last time. Well, also, given the tradition and the players USM has, I mean, they, they have the capability of doing it, but you know, whether they execute on it is a whole nother story. Four seniors for USM, a very young squad. They've got some freshmen playing. Um, Hudson, I mean, they're going. They're looking to go back to back, but I think at the same time they can't overlook University School. You can't. You can't. You can't overlook anybody at this point. If you overlook somebody, you're doomed. Right. But you got to admit, uh, Hudson's got to be the still the huge favorite in this game. Well, they've they, they've played each of the other three teams and beaten each of the other three teams handily. This season, they beat Edgewood seven to two. They beat Notre Dame five to nothing. Um, they, they beat, beat University USM School six to one. You know, are are any of those schools going to bring something different to the state tournament? The, you, I, mean, we, I know, will say the Notre Dame game was very early in the season. Yeah, you, know, you notice that the winning margin in all three of those games is five goals. Well, Isn't that uh, how they that 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 explained it? That turns it into a lopsided victory in the old U.S. high school hockey online power rankings. Is that how that works? Our second game on that one is what Notre Dame and Edgewood. Yeah, that should be a good one. So they did meet um, on December thirtieth. That and, would have been at the the showdown in Titletown. And uh, whatever they're calling it now. 
basically five minutes into the third period, Edgewood actually went up three to two. And then the final three goals go to Notre Dame in that one. Uh, is Third goal that Edgewood scored in that game was a shorthanded one by Cody Menzel. Um, and I, I kind of like looking at some of the names on there because I, I go, I, I see Matt Richter and, and I'm like, oh, I, I've heard that name Richter before somewhere, but you know, it, it's just kind of interesting to me to see some of the names that we see. I wonder uh, if that's Barry Richter's kid. Um, but yeah, I mean, a 5-3 game, game December 30th uh, and you know so we know that it should be a fairly close game and and a, a nice tight contest throughout it was a 5-3 game but Notre Dame outshot them 29 to 14 which is a little surprising when you consider the resume that uh, Cody Menzel and, and JJ Webush have put up this year but it doesn't look like um Weebush played in that game. Uh, he's not showing on the, the roster um, for Edgewood in that game. So that would be a, that's a huge difference maker. If, if, you know, a player of the year finalist was not there that day. That may be a difference maker, but still, I, I like, agree. He's this, really good. Yeah. This, this game is going to be pretty, this ought to be pretty good. You know, and it's, you know, they only have the two games on Friday, um, 10 a.m. and approximately 12.15. And then that's it for the day. We don't see no more games till Saturday morning. Well, no, but we have our award ceremony well, on yeah, Friday but, afternoon. Can I can I say something, though? I'm, yeah, go ahead. I, I'm, I miss having the Friday night games at State. Yeah, we have more divisions now and fewer games. And, you know, it's it's not quite as fun. Yeah, in that respect. Yeah, and I don't know how they would change it either. Yeah, and and uh, okay, burglar, you mentioned we we're going to be giving our awards away on Thursday. No, Friday, Friday, four o'clock, uh, over in the uh, exhibition hall. There, right next to the Coliseum, it'll be upstairs, open to the public. Anybody can come. Yep, we'll be doing that. We're going to be giving away all our awards. and MJ will be our host. Thank God, because I had to do it last time. The last <laughs> two times. I do not like public speaking. Oh, I don't mind it. It's not that bad. But, uh, yeah, we'll be giving those away. And then Saturday, we'll be looking at Championship Saturday for three teams. I mean, for three, three games. So, uh, guys, anything else you want to add tonight? Well, let's let's make some quick picks. We'll go in the same order we went in. Division two. Okay, game one is Rice Lake. No, no, not every game. Just pick your champion. Ledgers. It's hard to bet against the Ledgers. And no, I don't hate Rice Lake. <laughs> Trasher would find something to not like about him. I'm going to go. I, I mean, yeah. Well, first, but I, I, as much as I like Baldwin, Woodville, and Lakeland, uh, I mean, 
Fond du Lac Springs and Rice Lake have been either one or two, depending on whether you're looking at the coaches poll or the computer rankings in division two all year. Um, and I think uh, I'm going to give a slight edge to Rice Lake because they've got two scoring lines. Uh, Springs says one, um, you know, if I, I don't know who Rice Lake will probably be the home team anyway, since they're the one seed. Um, but you know, you know, if, if Springs tries to tries to match up against one of their top lines, then the other one is going to have, you know, their way, you know, because um, like I say, Springs is all their eggs are in one basket. Uh, Rice Lake has their spread between two baskets, and whichever one Springs try puts their effort into stopping, uh, that's going to open up the door for the other one. So I'm going to go Rice Lake to break that 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 streak that that Springs has going. That Springs is going for the three peat. Yeah. yeah three peats are reserved with... for superior. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Rice Lake. Um like they've been like the said they've been one and two all year. Um I don't think I and I said it at the beginning of the year I don't think this Springs team is the invincible juggernaut that they were the last couple of years. Um, I know that Dane Dionovich is, is, is first team all state this year. I believe he's the only non-goalie division two first team all state player on the boys side. Uh, there's three goalies up there, but for forwards and defensemen, I think he's the only non-goalie. Um, but they graduated eight of their nine leading scorers last year. Dane Dionovich was the one they didn't. And then Josh Austin is now, um, you know, I think he was, 10th last year now he's you know on their first line and and talent blank is there so they're they're not they're not the invisible invincible juggernaut that they were before so i think that gives um i give things that give somebody like rice lake uh, a chance because like you know i said this two years ago when they played rice lake in the first round um springs isn't going to surprise rice lake they've played hudson twice they've played memorial twice they've played uh, North twice. They played Chippewa Falls twice. Maybe Chippewa Falls doesn't count there as far as offensive juggernauts go, but like they're not going to surprise them. They're not going to bring something Rice Lake hasn't seen before. Um, it's just whether or not Rice Lake you know, has enough to counter that first line. Um, you know, I'm going to go with Rice Lake if, if only because it'd be cool to see someone different win. Overtime potential? I think these teams have too much offense. Generally speaking, when you see an overtime game, it's not like a 5-4 game. I mean, they can happen, but I think this is going to be a game with a lot of goals. 5-4, 6-5, something like that. I'm not looking for a 3-2 a to two game here. MJ, you made your pick? Yep. Okay. You guys picked the ledgers. We picked Rice Lake. It broke down uh, geographically. <laughs> Jeez. let's go to the girls side i don't think it broke down geographically intentionally i think that's just how it worked out mj go ahead and start us get right rice lake they're, they're the kings of the north <laughs> kings of the north looking at uh the girls on alaska and fox cities Metro Links and Central Wisconsin Storm. Oh, decisions, decisions, decisions. You know what? 
<laughs> I'm going to take on Alaska. I'm going to take on Alaska because Teresa Knutson's going to send some mojo from wherever she's from at it at this point. And I will, I don't know team. if she listens to the podcast, but I do know that Teresa Knutson follows us on Twitter because we interact really regularly. Um, yeah, she wants to come on the podcast too. We'll we'll have her on next season. We might have her on at the end of this season. Oh, well, whatever, that's fine. Tell you what, if you're right, MJ, if you're right. And on Alaska wins the state tournament, you can invite Teresa Knutson on our final end of season podcast next Monday. What if I invite her anyways? Well, that's fine too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because okay. she is playing the professional season right now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, like I said, uh, I took on Alaska. Well, I'm going to, uh, yeah. I mean, all season long, uh, it's been Fox Cities and Bay Area at the top, Central Wisconsin next, and then the bottom, the, the next three, four, five, they've all just flip flopped all season long. Um, and I think that, you know, Fox Cities and Bay Area at the top for a reason, Central Wisconsin next for a reason. I think the, the championship game is going to be Fox Cities against Central Wisconsin. And um, I think Fox Cities just has, too much firepower for, for central Wisconsin. And um, my pick would be the, the Fox city stars. Junior. I was going to let Del go. Did Del go? Well, I'm sitting here and I'm listening to this and I I've gotten to see all four teams play. Uh, <laughs> And I've been very impressed with all four teams. And with that being said, I'm going for the team that doesn't have a 20 point score, 20 goal score. I'm taking the links. This grouping is weird because these teams have all beaten each other in round robin fashion. Um, the links beat Fox Cities one to nothing, Fox Cities beat the Storm. The Storm beat the Lynx. Onalaska beat the Lynx, but Onalaska lost to Fox Cities. Like they've all beaten each other in round robin fashion. So you can't like, you know, play King of the Hill like that. And I I, I agree with Dell in that um, you know, I, I point Link the Lynx don't have a 20 goal scorer, but they are the most balanced team in the bunch. Um Zillish and Rent Meester have to score if Fox Cities is gonna win. Federici has to score if the Storm are gonna win. Um, Bronson has to score if on Alaska is going to win. The links don't lean on anybody like that. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, coming into the tournament by this time, if you know that the other team needs to rely on one or two or even three people to get one or one or two people to get their goals, you should be able to stop them. Um, as a coach, you should be able to get your team to realize those people are your threats. And whether you shadow them or something, you ha- you should be able to stop them. And so for that reason, I'm going to take the links because they are the most balanced team. They're not going to rely on one or two people to get their goals. Um, 
And I'm going to trust that they, they managed to shut down those goal stores like they did when they beat Fox cities one to nothing in overtime on January 29th. Um, one thing I, I will say that watching the game the other night, um, Tia Bice uh, uh, came in, she took a pass uh, in the neutral zone. She came in and she fired that shot from the top of the circle and I wasn't expecting the shot at that point in time. And I, I think that's also what happened with the goaltender. She wasn't expecting that shot. And it went uh, top shelf uh, over the left shoulder of the goalie in the far corner. And it was just such a quick shot. And it wasn't like she couldn't have skated in closer. I think she just happened to see her best opportunity there. And if it, if it was blocked, she had a chance to get in there for a rebound. But, you know, it was just one of those quick shots that you weren't expecting that uh, impress you every now and then when you see it from a player. Now, is she related to TPB? That's what I, I, I... Yes. Uh, okay. What's the relation? Sister, cousin? I believe sister. Okay. Yeah. yeah see what what, what you what you were talking about there, Dell. That's that's what I saw with Cole Fensky uh, in the Rice Lake game. Just he'll be skating. You think he's just more just skating with the puck, and all of a sudden, boom! There's a shot. And it's just a rifle, and you didn't even see it coming. So, burglar, you going to start us out in the boys' division one? Yeah, I I see no reason to say anything different than what we've said <laughs> all season long. Uh, the Raiders. The Raiders. I, I don't. I don't see. I mean, yeah. I. I. They've beaten all these teams. They've beaten everybody. I, I don't see. I don't see any upsets in the making here. I'm unless, looking. Go unless ahead, they Andrew. just. Unless they just forget to show up. I don't think that. I don't think. And I don't. I don't, I don't think, think that's going to that happen either. Uh, yeah, and you know. I got to talk to Coach Drewiski a little bit before their game. Uh, they were there and they watched the Onalaska game, cut, caught a lot of that, and watched their players sit there. You know, they didn't have a dog in the fight, but sitting there cheering good plays from both teams down there in the corner, watching the girls' game. But talking to Coach Drewiski, there's no way that they would be overlooking any team that they're playing in this tournament. Uh, I do think that the finals game, I think it's going to be Edgewood against Hudson. And I look for it to be a closer game than it was the last time they played, but I still see Hudson coming out on top. As I, I hope I'm wrong, but I, I think in the division one, I think the only interesting game is going to be Notre Dame and Edgewood. Yeah, I mean, given that they've already beaten each of those teams by a five-goal margin, um, I mean, you would have to give me really, really long odds to put money on anybody other than Hudson. Like, just absurd odds. Well, you know what happens down at State? Sometimes you get those uh, funny games, you know, you get get a penalty you don't think you deserve, and you, you know, you get the five minute major or something, and, and you just five can't. minute majors ruin all your plans. They yes, do, they do, they, they have a they way do. of just screwing <laughs> things up. 
They do. Uh, but and you get that big bounce off of the boards behind that net that seems to come right back straight out in front of that. Yep. Net there, there. Pay attention when the puck rings around <laughs> the Zamboni door. Yep, it comes flying out of there. Because those goalies, will, next thing you know, they're looking at a puck right by their skates. So what, did, what was our what was our breakdown here? Did you okay. pick MJ? Did you pick Hudson? I picked the Raiders. Okay, so as Division One, everybody picked Hudson. Division two, we got two Rice Lakes and two Springs. Uh, Division three, we have so there's girls. The girls. Girls. There's no three. Sorry. I know. <laughs> I'm just. I was in a roll. You picked Fox Cities, Burglar. Huh? You picked Fox Cities. Yes. You got Fox Cities. Fox Cities and on Alaska and two links. So that's yep. our picks. And you write in your hate mail to Trasher. So again, again, so again, we're going, we're going north south on the girls. It's just kind of sort of northish. It's just that the people who did it are different because Dell and I ended up with the links, or, or MJ and I ended up, someone and I ended up with the links. Oh, okay, never mind then. MJ, MJ took on Alaska. I took on Alaska. I just did. I had to be different on this one. Well, you went first. Yeah, I know. I, I went first. And... <laughs> but like the, the I think the girls one will probably be the most interesting because like well, I, I said, think... all these all these teams have beaten each other around Robin Fesh. See, like I they, think that I thought you can't that you guys them. would I thought that you guys would go storm. See I did. No, I did. You went stars. No, you went stars. You went stars. Yeah. I actually think that out of our three final games, you know, because secretly I still have that man crush on uh, McGurk, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I think out of all of our our three fi- finals, I think that the girls is the one that's got the most, the biggest opportunity to go to overtime. Well, I, I, think I think you're right. I think that's the most wide open. Yeah. Well, the good news is, guys, we're going to find out in a couple days. Yeah, I, I got, I got a final thought here. Yeah, let's go. Uh, and it's on officiating, because uh, you know, here at Wisconsin Prep Hockey, we 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 love hockey officials. Um, they they have a hard job. They get no respect from the the idiots in the stands, um, and they go out there every game and and they give it their all. And on Saturday, um we are going to see three officials that I've actually coached as peewees um, in, in championship games on, on Saturday. I'm not sure which, well, I know uh, Wisconsin prep hockey's favorite hockey official, Nikki Clays will be uh, working in the, the girls game. And also uh, uh, Scott Suick, um, who actually was a, a teammate of Nikki's when they were peewees. Uh, he's working one of the boys' championship games on Saturday, and our well, our our, our latest second favorite hockey official, uh, Dank Assis, uh, will be working one of the, the the championship games also. Does it really count as you coaching, Dan? Though we we, we, we coached, practiced we practiced together. We did. We practiced the A and C team practiced together. We were the A team coach, and he was the C team goalie. Yeah. Well, Bob saw more than we did because Bob went over and, you know, shot pucks at his head. But 
that's because yeah, we did, we did, we did, we did, we did, we, I mean, we did, we do do it properly. You know, we did in, in Anago at the time where, you know, both squirt teams or peewee teams were on the ice at the same time, because that makes sense. You know, this may sound like a little bit of a, uh, I don't know, some little bit of a different comment, but as I look here on the front page, you guys, man, you guys really got some good pictures. I mean, I'm looking at the one for Baldwin Woodville. I mean, the clarity, it's sharp. You can see the puck flying in the net. I mean, these these are some good pictures. Well, you know, we've been doing this long enough. Eventually, you got to get a couple. The one he's talking about, that was actually Brett got that one. Um. Because I, well, like, I like I told Brett, I, I told him, I said, I gave him my, my key for taking good pictures. Take lots of them. Some of them are going to turn out to be good. And he captured that one perfectly, yeah. Now I'm looking at the one here of uh, Amory and Rice Lake. I mean, I, st- I don't see where the puck is, but I, I mean, the, just the color and the clarity of that picture is f- phenomenal. Well, that was, that was, uh, that was, yeah. Cole Fenske just uh, picked the pocket of a of, of a guy in the, in the around the face right off the faceoff dot, and he skated into the slot, and it was still kind of wide open. He just kind of picked his corner. And, yeah, I don't know which corner he picked. You can't see the puck, but he buried it. He's he's like Joe Lorado. You don't leave him alone in the slot. Well, he makes his own time and space. Does he? Okay. Uh, anything else, guys? Uh donations how are we doing uh, i think we're good uh I, I thank everybody who contributed um i think we got all our bases covered um you know if if you want to buy us a pop or something uh you know we'll, we'll still accept donations up you know up through the the tournament and stuff but uh i think we got everything covered thank everybody who who, who donated um we certainly appreciate it uh i think we've got the, the site back on track so that we'll be covered again uh going forward but uh thank you for covering our shortfall um we got our award stuff covered and all our dues and fees and stuff so again thank you all very much and that means i can stop posting clickbait (laughs) clickbait (laughs) well i don't know if you saw like today i put or yesterday it was yesterday i posted when they when they had the seating out I made an actual article that said what the seating was and what the bracket was. We've never done that before. We've always just posted that on social media, but because we had such a gap in our ad revenue this year, I'm like, I'm going to make it an article and then it'll get clicks. And it did really well. So they'll click on it and a couple of ads will pop up and yeah, I can stop doing that now. I don't like doing that. It makes me feel icky. Hey, at least we, we turned, we turned down the sports betting. Yeah, I was going to say, not as icky as that would have made you feel. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't have felt right about that one. Yeah, I mean, we're not the kind of people that turned on a lot of sponsorships, but when someone's like, hey, we're a sports betting site, like, we cover high school hockey. Slow your roll. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, maybe we could do our own, you know, a little fantasy, you know, uh, draft kings, you know, pick your team. Who's going to score this, you know? No, no. I'm pretty sure if we do that, the WIA will stop giving us press passes. They will stop probably a lot of things about us. Yeah. <laughs> Next week, we should get some beer sponsors on the site, too. Yeah. Just please, guys, just stay away from the strip clubs. 
We don't need those sponsors. I never noticed that. You have a junior team at your home rink, MJ. Yeah. Burglar pointed it out because we we play hockey Sunday nights at Marathon Park in Wausau. Yeah. Um, we have the the NA3HL, I think it is, the Wausau Cyclones. Yeah. Um, they have they have beer sponsors like most junior hockey teams do. They when do. they're not when they're not in session, they actually fold up their banners because you can't have beer ads. I don't know if it's a county thing or if it's because of the WIA games think, that happened there, but I do they think, do that in I think it's, too? No. Ours are up no. there. Okay. You know, and to... I, I think it's just, I think it's a stupid rule. I mean, what are you going to do? Run out on the ice and give the kid a beer between face-offs? Come on. Okay. They worry more about the game than the damn beer at this point. I just I was just wondering because I like we I we never we speculated that's why they cover them up, but I don't know. No, we don't cover up the they cover up all the cyclone signage when they're not in action. And that's and that's the thing for junior teams. That's big revenue, beer sales. That's very big big revenue. I know that for a fact. And most of your junior junior players aren't old enough to drink either. Right. All right, back on track. All right. Okay. Okay. Uh, anything else, guys? Oh, just um, we did get our our uh, our the, the the donations were enough that we did were able to get our our uh, suite where so we have our headquarters set up there during the state tournament. We'll be um, you know at, at the, the main concourse level of suite five hundred six. You know, feel free to stop by and say hello at any time. Um, although if the doors close. It's because we're 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 probably doing an interview and we're 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 taping an interview or recording an interview. Um, so if the door is closed, don't come in. But usually it'll be open. So just you know, come in, say hi, uh, whatever. Um, we'll be there the whole time. Okay, sounds good. Getting pretty excited about this. I mean, last year, I mean, with COVID, we didn't have anything at the Coliseum. We didn't have that kind of state tournament. You know, it was up in Wisconsin Rapids last year for um was it was it for D one in Wisconsin Rapids? Was it was it all both? three. The, it was just all the three that's for all three. Yeah. The championship games were all in Wisconsin Rapids. The semifinals were at the higher seeds home rink. Right. Um, I am so glad that the state tournament is in person again because you know, we had an agreement with the WIAA last year that we would work with the local ranks to get stats for all the games. And, oh, my God, that was a huge pain in my ass uh, for all the semifinals. That was a real – it's so much easier just like when I'm in the arena sitting in a chair with my laptop for me to just score the game than make sure that people at uh, six different sites are doing it properly. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's always fun, especially when you know we got people doing plus minus, and you know, I don't know if we'll have plus minus this year. It's hard. Well, yeah, I mean, we, I mean, our our old plus minus crew. I mean, it started out with Nikki. Well, I mean, she's graduated from plus minus to actually, you know, officiating games. Um, and Bob's not coming anymore, so Brett has graduated from plus minus to you know, cub photographer. Um, so yeah, I don't know who we got left. I think the only ones who actually looked at the plus minus was 
was was us when we were looking at our defensemen for the all tournament team. Yeah. You know, which defenseman had the best minus? I don't know. If, I don't know if anybody else even looked at it. Okay. All right. Anything else you want to hit on? Nope. Dell. Nope. I'm good. Burglar. I'm not good, but I'm okay. Junior, time to take it home? Yes, sir. All right. For the fellas, I'm Mike Hammett. We'll see you on Thursday for this week in Wisconsin prep hockey.